This is Quit, a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, starting something awesome, and maybe even kicking your corporate stooge job to the curb. My name is Dan Benjamin. Today is Friday. It's February 12th, 2016. For those of you listening to this show in the far-flung future, I wish I was there with you with your flying cars, <laughs> your perfect immunity to all substances. Monsanto history, eating foods, long gone foods in cubes. The voice you're hearing is Hattie Cook. Hattie, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing today? Doing lovely. How yeah, about you? I'm fine. You're just okay. I'm all right. I'm great. Oh, yay! It's our 86th <laughs> episode. Hard to believe we've done 86 of these already. And I promised last week that I would spend a little bit more time focusing on listener feedback and not not rushing through it as a segment at the end of the show. And I, I love the feedback that you guys send. The best way to send us a note to read on the show or about the show, if you don't want it read, is to go to 5x5.tv slash contact. You'll see the list of shows there and just click quit. And that'll get an email to us the right way, the best way with the right subject line so that the robots will let it through Speaking of robots, oh, and you know what I don't ask a lot uh, on this show anymore, I haven't for a while, is, you know what, rate this show on iTunes. It's a wonderful way to help the show become more visible to a bigger audience. iTunes is still the place to go for most people when they're looking for podcasts. And even though the show has tons of ratings, thanks to you guys, new ratings, fresh ratings, new subscriptions, those are things that help shows rise to the top. And uh, like, you've done it for us before, and maybe you can help do that again and, and help grow the audience some. It's like it's Yelp for best audience in the world. your podcast. Yelp for your podcast. It's like Pinterest go. for pod, iTunes. Pinterest for podcasts. Pinterest for iTunes. That's I don't right. know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> you know, last weekend was the Super Bowl. It was. Did you enjoy I know you watched it. Did you I enjoy did. it? I did. Uh, um, eh, it was... um. It was an interesting one. I always feel like Super Bowls, like, they're built up because it's such an important game. Right. But the game itself is not usually the most exciting game. That's right. It's exciting because it's the Super Bowl. But that's Bowl, the only reason. But that's the only reason. Or when something strange happens, like, the power, oh, when the power, the power went, went out. out or the camera fell on the field or, or, a, or a booby comes out or, or uh, yes, or yeah. the re revelation of body part um, <laughs> or, oh, halftime was so cool. Did you see Missy Elliott? Right. Well, that was the highlight for me last year. Um, but. Right. You're saying that the game itself is usually not no. that great. I agree with you. It, it was not it was not a good game. And I made a, a comment. You watched it. Obviously. I, of course. I made a comment that I thought that it's a shame for people who are not really football fans who will tune in. And there's a re I'm leading up to something, so bear with me. People who are not really football fans will tune in and watch the Super Bowl. And then they will watch the game and they'll say, first of all, they'll say, wow, that wasn't a great game. There were a whole lot of interruptions. The commercials were okay. The half show time was good or not. But they'll basically come away from it thinking that was kind of a crappy overall experience. Kind of lame. And it might be the only football game that they see all year. So they walk away from it saying, huh, I'm not missing anything by not watching football. 
because this is what represents all of football to them. This is what will be the one memory they have in 2016 or hmm. 2015 or whatever. Turn your phone off. I thought it was off. I don't even know who that is. Prank calls? Yeah. <laughs> this will be the one show that they get all year long. Or rather, the one football game that they get all year long. This will, that's it. That's all. That's the only experience they will have. So when you ask people, do you like football? No. This is not the game that's going to entice them to watch football. In fact, it's the one game that makes me not want to watch any football anymore. Wow, that was the crappiest game all year long. It was one of the worst games I saw all year long. The only cool part was when he did that jump over, uh. up, and <laughs> over everyone right into the, the yeah. end zone. but. But, like, if every play was like that, oh, my gosh, that would be so cool. But there are some games that are like that. A lot of that. them are like that. A lot of them are very tense. A lot of them are very close. A lot of them are, you know, in games that are important. But here's where I'm going with this because there's a lesson that we can take away from this. And the lesson that I see in this is if you have a product or a service or you're making a podcast or you're creating something that's out there in the world, the exposure that your potential customers, that your potential client, that your potential people will have that may be the only exposure that they have to you or to that right. service. They, if, if you first make impressions, if you, yeah, first impressions, if you make a how to video and you spend the first 10 minutes of this how to video, like joking around and talking about your cat, that's going, that might be the only video that these people ever see from you. And it might be enough for them to look at it and say, wow, that, that person is dumb. The video is stupid. And I'm never going to look at anything that that person ever does again. That first impression went south. If this is somebody's first impression or only impression of the football game in 2016, and you know, a bunch of people, I, I mentioned something like this on Back to Work where I was talking to Merlin Mann about it. And a couple of people tweeted me and said, you know, that is my only experience all year long. That is the only football game. And in fact, that's the only, the only football games I've ever seen are Super Bowls. So that's why I don't like football because they're, these games suck. I said, well, that, that's, that's exactly the case in point. But think about that if you're running a business, if you're building a website, if you're giving a talk, anything that you put out there needs to be your best work. It needs to be representative of what the, the work is that you're doing the other 364 days out of the year title. So just keep that in mind. It's an interesting thing to think about. I think it's an interesting lesson to consider. Because the work that you do and what you put out there matters and people will see it and, the, and things last forever on the internet. It's okay to make a mistake and, and fix something. But just always remember that, you know, the stuff that you're creating, the stuff that you're putting out there. I have had people, uh, potential sponsors come to us and they might listen to an episode of a show and that might have been an episode where we were joking around or kidding around or we weren't on our best or I was sick or, you know, the co-host was uh, was traveling and had a bad, you know, crummy mic with them or something. Like, who knows what it is, right? Well, that's still the product that we're making. And if a sponsor listens to that, they're, and I've had a sponsor listen to, you know, the one episode that we had of the show out of 300 episodes, the <laughs> one the that they played, <laughs> they randomly picked the one. Yeah, and it was the one about comics where me and the co-host were joking around about Wolverine and didn't really have a point. And it was the one, but guess what? Somebody's going to hear that one show, you know, Does somebody's going to hear that one thing. Make every episode exactly the same. No, no, no. But it means you've got to have that. You've got to at least know in your mind 
that the work that you're putting out there, that that is what represents you. And I think it's the same thing that, you know, I've sent emails to people and then months or or many times years later met them and had them come back and say, that email that you wrote me uh, really helped me or that thing you did really made a difference or whatever it was. And I'm like, gosh, I don't even remember that email, but I sure I'm glad it, it was one that I sent, you know, when I was fully awake and it had coffee and everything else. Uh, because, you know, that one email was, that was the one interaction I had with that person. And, you know, you might think it's silly, but people have a choice in what podcast they listen to. They have a choice what companies they use. They have a choice as to what services they choose to spend their money on, where they decide to eat their lunch. And that one little thing you do, that one little extra comment that you make, that one extra sentence you type in your email might be the difference that leads to some important choice later on. I don't want to spoil, you know, what uh, I'm taking away because I've signed up for a bunch of new services recently. I'm trying something new out in my business and I like these services so much. I remember I read something on the Motley Fool. You ever heard of the Motley Fool, Hattie? No. Fool, I think they're at fool.com. I'll see if they are in all. That's a good uh, URL. Yeah. Yeah, they're still there, the Motley Fool. I like when calling someone a fool was in style. Yeah, fool. You're a fool. Fool. Basically, what the Motley Fool is is it it is a website and I think they did some books and things like that back in the old days but they their goal is to help regular people invest they were founded in 93 and their goal was or their their theory is that the individual investor can beat the market and at the very least the individual investor can can make money without having to go through this old school kind of investment strategy that regular people can understand this stuff. And one of the things that they said is, and it's, it seems like such obvious advice, but it's like invest in what you know, what are the services or companies or whatever that, that you use? Well, chances are if you use those things and you believe in them, other people might feel that way too. If you, if you try out a bunch of different bars of soap and you find one you really like, and it seems to be popular and you see it in the store, that might be a good company to invest in. That's maybe a bad example, but that's sort of their philosophy. But it's worked really well for me. When I find something that I really like, you know, why not invest in that? Why not, why not do that if you're looking for something to invest in? So I think that kind of translates a lot with companies that I like. So listen, listen to this story. I, we, we have had a bookkeeper for a while here helping us out. She was referred to us uh, by a listener and she was a wonderful person to work with. But I think she's used to dealing with companies that are like bigger than ours. Despite what you may be thinking, 5 by 5 is not a huge multinational organization. No, we don't with have like a, hundreds of offices around the world. We don't have a compound. No, not really. No kind of a room people are always visiting yeah. Austin. they're like we want to come and see the studio it's probably awesome i'm like it's a mic clamp to my desk and a mic, mic clamp, clamp to, to desk. hattie's desk and some wires going to a rack with some audio equipment in it my and lunch it. is three feet away from me right <laughs> like you know ima- Im- imagine the office you're sitting in right now 
with a microphone clamped to your desk. That's our and studio. Some and some headphones, right? Can't forget the headphones. The rack is in the corner. Yeah. But but it's not, you know, it's it's not an impressive thing. That's because I spent years and years and years uh, of time and, and money perfecting the system, refining the system, improving the system, trying to find out the least amount of equipment that I need and the best equipment that I need. But back to our accountant, our bookkeeper, rather, uh, she was great, but I think that she was overkill for our needs. Um, she's used to dealing with bigger companies, I think. And we, to be honest, we just, it didn't, it didn't make sense to have her doing what she was doing. And I'm, I'm, you know, you know me, Hattie, I'm one of the people who will say, find out the pain points and hire someone else or something else to, to do those for you. But finally the time came where I said, you know what, it doesn't really make sense to pay her as much as we're paying her because there isn't that much that she's doing. And are there alternatives? I hate to, hate to stop working with somebody who you like so much, but are there other alternatives? And a couple of those alternatives have become sponsors. And the way that works is I would try these things out and I found, you remember me that one day I was using our new payroll system and I was like, I was like, I was like happy. I was like having fun, like putting our information into the system and setting it up. And I was was like, you're not even actually using it. You're just getting set up and you're excited. But it was like fun. I was like having like a fun time, like putting our information in because it was so much fun to use. It was so easy to use. What a testament to a service, you know, that, that you use their service and you come away from it like, wow, that was really great. That's how you want people to feel about whatever the thing is that you're making or that you're doing. They want people, if you're writing an article, people should read it and come away from it like, wow, what a great point that that person made. I, I, maybe my opinion is different now where I completely disagree with that person, but they sure did a great job of making those points. You always want to put your best foot forward, right? You want to put your best work out there. Again, I, I don't want to get on this whole dress code thing, but over and over and over again, I see people out, out and about in the world looking sloppy, out and about in the world in there with their chip toenails and their flip-flops and their sweatpants on. And you know what? No, I don't really know. I don't really know what's going on in that person's life or why they're dressing like that. But I see people going to work looking like that. I see people going to co-working places where they know that they're going to be seen by other people all day in public. And they're, well, Dan, you shouldn't be so hard. Listen, what if you went to that co-working place Let's say you're a you're a 26-year-old woman, you're a designer and a web designer, web developer, and you go to a coffee shop and you're sitting there and you're writing some code and designing designing a site. And somebody walks by you. Oh, couldn't help but notice you had some Rails code up on your screen. Oh yeah, I'm doing building a site for a client right now. Oh, really? What do you do? Boom. You just you just landed a, you know, a a, a six-figure contract. Because they looked over your shoulder. Now you've got enough work. It's going to last you the next six months. You're going to be kicking ass. Why? Just because they glanced and saw you doing some code. And when they looked at you, they said, you know what? This person wanted to be presentable. She wanted to be presentable when she was sitting there in the coffee shop on her own, not planning to see or meet anybody. Well, I just want to be lazy. No one's going to see. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know who might be there. This has happened to me so many times. I've bumped into somebody I hadn't seen for a long time. 
And that sparks a conversation and that leads to a meeting and that leads to new business. People unconsciously respond to how you think. Hattie, I want to tell people about what we saw in the uh, in the lunch place yesterday. The posture and the body language. And oh, you remember that? Oh yes. That's a fun one. Before we before we do <laughs> that, Hattie, I need to do your job for you. And do one of our new sponsors? One of our new sponsors. I think you know which one to do. I, I don't know, but I'll do whichever one the you B want one. Me to do. The B one. Bushel. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to speak, you know, no one can ever accuse me of not being straight with people here on this show. I tell it like it is. And I'm telling you, you must now go stop what you're doing, pull over to the side of the road, whatever it is that you're doing. You must go to bushel.com. Because if you're out there and you're, you're working in the world and you don't have bushel, I don't, seriously, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Bushel, let me tell you what they're, cloud-based, they, this is this term. I, I, before this sponsor came, I'd never heard these, this acronym before. MDM. Do you know what MDM testing you? Do you know what MDM stands for? Make. Incorrect. It stands for <laughs> mobile device management. This is what they have built to help you set up and protect your Apple devices at work. It works with iPads, iPhones and Macs in your workplace. It doesn't matter if you're a big company or a little company. You want to manage these devices and you want to be able to do this for your, you know, you've got five people, you got 10 people, whatever, even bigger. You don't want to have to get help from like an IT. You don't have to like go and hire an IT person or an IT department. That's the old days. That's the dinosaur ways. You don't have, but think about the time and, and you're going to spend if you've got like a sales force, if you've got people on the sales floor, if you've got people out to technicians doing a job, you've got people running around for you, even software developers, and you want a standard config for them. iPads, iPhones, and Macs, you configure the settings on all of your devices quickly and consistently, and the best part, it's all over the air. You can manage the apps. You can even reassign licenses as your workforce changes. Like, this is the real stuff can even remotely lock, wipe a device, give people access to different things, enforce passcodes and encryption because you know your users never want to encrypt anything because they're lazy. You force them to do it. It's genius. And if a device is ever lost or stolen, you can, like I was saying, you can remotely lock it. You can remotely wipe it. You're in control of all this stuff. You can focus on what matters most. Take back your nights and weekends, right? You don't want to stress out about this. You got better things to do. Your first three devices are free forever. And each additional device is just two bucks per month. No contracts, no commitments, special URL, Bushel, B-U-S-H-E-L, Bushel.com slash quit. Check this out. First three devices are free. What are you waiting for? Thanks very much to Bushel for making this show possible. So yesterday we, uh, we went to the, uh, the one of the lunch places. Yes. One of our faves. We were, it's your favorite. We were sitting, we were sitting at a a table in there and there, uh, there, there was a woman who came in, met a friend to have some lunch. The woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, very pretty. Her friend also pretty. 
Then a little while later, a a guy. And what I'm going to guess was his mom. It definitely looked like his mom. You think it was his oh, mom? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A guy and his mom. How old would you say he was? Mid twenties, early to mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. He was not. He was not over thirty. He came in. Well, I, I have you know. I would say he was nice looking guy. He sat down, and I don't know how to describe this, Hattie. But if you could imagine two tables sort of adjacent to one another, and the blonde woman was sitting sort of there was like a booth side and a chair side so the blonde woman sitting on the booth side yep and her friends in the chair side across from her yes at the next table over the mom is the on mom the is on the booth side and the the son is a uh, table across from her so yes. he is diagonal yes from the blonde woman uh, like if he was sitting it would be if you were him mm. the girl was on his right right diagonally across yes. and we we noticed that the 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 guy's chair slowly angled so that he was no longer facing his mom he was at a what would you call that 45 degree angle yeah like he was diagonally now f- across from the woman but he had shifted As his if chair he was having a conversation with, with her, her not his mom not his mom and the way that he was sitting at the chair he had his legs apart yep and his shoulders sort of thrown back. And and the woman, by the way, I don't even think she knew he existed in the world. No, no. She completely was completely oblivious yeah, to him. Yeah. I don't think that he had done this consciously. I think that he had I done this. I think this was a subconscious Subconsciously. Thing. I think he was into her. Oh, yes. And I pointed out to you, I, I said, Hattie, turn around and look at, look at this guy's... Uh, Nonverbal communication situation. Going I was like, on there. "Oh my gosh!" It's fascinating to it me. It wasn't because, even a question if he was into her. It was right. like, what? <laughs> it's as if he had written it right across his forehead or made a flag and was flying uh-huh. it attached to his chair. Yes, this uh, topic was, I think, on my mind because I've been watching these videos. And Heidi, can you can you get these into the show notes? Yes, I'm pulling them up now. They're videos about nonverbal communication. Oh, the t- two that we watched? T- yes, okay. on a topic that I'm absolutely fascinated by, which is uh, UFOs. And Jimmy Kimmel has had uh, both Bill Clinton and uh, President Obama on uh, on his show and asked him, ask them, tell me about the aliens. What do you know about the aliens? And of course, Kimmel is getting a laugh out of this, but he's also legitimately interested in it himself, curious about it. Uh, but Somebody has spent time analyzing. Uh, this is person is somebody who's very good at, at not understanding nonver and analyzing nonverbal communication. Ben and, Hansen. Hansen, and he looks at these two tapes and breaks them down. He each each one of these videos is thirty minutes long. How he breaks down, he compares the ex president and president's postures and responses to how they respond in other interviews, uh, how they respond in the rest of this interview both physically and verbally, and, and when they're telegraphing things. It's absolutely fascinating, and I highly recommend It's that, so fun to watch. I highly recommend that you watch these videos just to learn more about how we as human beings are constantly telegraphing our true thoughts, our true feelings. Uh, subconsciously. Subconsciously. We have no idea. And there's also, I don't know if you liked the show, um, I'm so sad that it got canceled, but it was called Lie to Me, and it was... Um, 
uh, it was all about micro expressions, which is kind of an offshoot of uh, body language. Very cool. Well, what's amazing to me is this is always really going on. And it's not impossible, but it's, I would say it's impossible without being conscious of it. It's impossible without training yourself not to telegraph what you're thinking and how you're feeling unintentionally. The upside is most people are completely oblivious to this. Most people have no idea how to read this or, or are able to pick up on it. Then I because, think another subset might say there's something, I don't know, I'm getting a feeling, but I don't know what it is. I think yeah. those people are seeing it subconsciously themselves. I feel like they're, um, yeah, I think the most perceptive people out there will, will fall into that category. But I remember watching, I consider myself to be a perceptive person. Me too. I was watching the interview with Obama after, you know, the next day on the, on the clip from the Kimmel show. I yes. watched the next day. I just thought it was a really funny clip and I enjoyed watching it because right, my, if you just watched the plane clip without any, right. this was months later the other yeah. day when I was watching this, uh, the analysis of it. I didn't notice any of that about his body language. I, because I was not looking for it. Right. And that's the fact is that most Thinking people are not looking for it. Right. right. But when you're going on an interview or when you're being in, you know, when you're being interviewed or when you are an interviewer or when you're going into a situation, I, I here's, here's a little exercise I would like for you to, to take if you're the person doing the interviewing. When you ask someone a question, don't listen to their answer. Right. Because their answer important. doesn't really matter. Look at how they answer. Look at their mannerisms. Look at... Uh, at their natural response to the question and focus on that and completely ignore anything that they say and just look at how they answer it. These, As if your show was on mute. That's right. Mute mute them yeah. and just watch. And what's fascinating about that, what's really interesting as a takeaway is if you sort of tune out one of your senses, that is the listening sense, your vision and and uh, and gut instinct will will pop and come come into play. And what I think you'll find is you have the ability to really read people, even if you're not using right. it, if you're, you're not paying attention or it's too hard to tune out their voice, blah, 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 because they're talking, 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 and you're paying attention to that. Uh, but you can learn a lot, even just from talking to somebody in a regular situation. Uh, how do they look around? How do they answer the question? Are they clenching their teeth? Are they gripping their chair or are they What's crossing their legs for them, but might not be natural for other people you know like right. what is standing out to you yeah it's funny because uh, uh i was watching one of the best uh, best television shows ever of uh, to be made on tv uh housewives of orange county <laughs> actually i think it was housewives of Be beverly hills and it was at one point where these two women were having a conversation and both of them were smiling and being super nice to each other and having these really nice answers but if you look at their body language, their legs are crossed Pure and they're, they're facing away from each other. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, little things like that. If you watch, if you watch what people are doing, they can be smiling, they can be laughing, but they're actually very guarded and protective. Girls. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, there's so many memes out there where, you know, there'll be two girls at a party and then the third girl will walk up and they go, oh, hi. 
how are you? Yeah, you look great. Yeah. Oh, it's so good seeing you. Yeah. And then they go away and they're like, oh, God, I hate her. <laughs> like, you, you know, but like, I'm sure that that person's body language probably showed. Mm-hmm. She probably wasn't turned completely towards her. Right. You know, like legs were crossed. Legs were crossed. Maybe didn't even stand up from her chair. Right. You know, like things like that. It's very interesting. I remember there was one time I was at uh, I was at lunch at a fast food place and there was a group of guys sitting next to me. And one of the guys clearly was the the boss. And he sat with his chair at an angle, pushed back from the table, uh, leaning back, legs apart, talking. Uh, kind of commanding everything. And then next to him, there were the three or four people who were clearly his employees of some kind or, or subordinate in one way or another. Right. And they were all sort of sitting more straight, a little bit more robotic, like they a were little listening closer to the table, all story. looking at him, all sitting there in line. Fixed, eyes yeah. fixed on and, him. And uh, it's, you'll see this a lot. I, I would encourage you to spend some time. And this works in the company that you work for. If you've just gone to work for a new company, male, female, doesn't matter. Uh, you're an employee there and you're trying to, it's so important. And this is one thing that I really, really wish someone had told me and really impressed upon me earlier in my career. And that is when you're going to work somewhere where there's, you know, there's more than one other person working with you, where there are two or more people who are already there. I wish that I had learned to just take a step back and really observe more. I was always, and I still am, but I was always very enthusiastic about about the place that I was, about the 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 job that I was going to do, about helping and being involved. And so much of that for me what, kind of obscured what I should have done, which would have been take a step back and observe and pay attention to who does what. Pay attention to the dynamic here at the workplace. Pay attention to who is important and who feels important and who thinks they're important and who feels undermined and who feels left out. And you can tell all of that by sitting in a meeting and just looking around and watching people and watching what they do and watching how they do it. Uh, Gosh, you can learn a lot about, about the company culture through that. Yes. Often the people in what we would think of as powerful decision-making positions are the weakest uh, of, of Uh the people and, and the people who are, have the most power are the, I saw this time and time again. Uh, I'll give one example. When I was working at the telecommunications business systems company, uh, there was a director there who was just, just adored and was in love with one of the senior systems analysts there, a senior system analyst too. Um, and, and just thought he was, uh, he was the coolest, best, smartest person ever. That guy knew it. And when he wanted something, he, oh, Bill, let's go to lunch, man. Let's go to lunch. You can go to lunch. They go to lunch and come back. Decisions would have been made. <laughs> and they were always what this guy wanted. And he was always on the best projects. Even when he wasn't doing any of the work, his name would be on the project. It would be his. And he kept getting raises. And pretty soon he showed up with a Porsche at work. You know, he was not working as hard as any of the other engineers. But he went to lunch, the right people. Why is it that way? What if you're one of those people who doesn't like to go to lunch? What if you want a bag lunch? What if you're trying to save money? Guess what? Welcome to the real world. Guess what? Who you go to lunch with matters. Isn't that stupid? Isn't that wrong? Yes, it's <laughs> everything that's wrong with the corporate stooge world, but that's reality. You have to play that. Well, I don't want to play that game. I'm going to, I'm going to excel based on my work. And if people, if this company can't evaluate me and give me raises and performance based on my work, 
well, then they're stupid. You know what? Yeah, they are stupid. You have to play the game. I remember one guy, Rob, he showed up at exactly nine every morning. He went to lunch at exactly 12 every day. He was back at exactly one and he worked and left, walked out the door at exactly whatever it was, five or six o'clock whenever we left. Every day, the same exact thing. He never got there early. He never stayed late. He never worked through lunch. He had the same five shirts, wore them the same days of the week. <laughs> and and he did an excellent job. I would think he had one of the best work ethics of anybody. He, he sounds like he was not stressed out at all. No, I don't think he was too stressed. He put in his time and he did hard work and he got more done in that exact time frame. And he was he was one of those people who could pace himself well over the day so that he wouldn't wind up wasting time. He wouldn't like work real hard in the morning and the afternoon, like have nothing left and be, he got it all done and he was able to pace himself and spread it out even, but he never got raises really. And I know because we would always talk about this stuff. He never got promotions. He never got recognized because he was not a shooting star, Hattie title. He was not a shooting star. Now, you don't have to always be a shooting star, but you got to go to lunch with people. You just have to. Speaking about, you know, we're talking about all of this, like becoming a developer and people who are developers. We have the perfect sponsor for you guys. So often people contact me on this show or send me email and it's almost a joke, Hattie. It's almost I a know. joke that I'm in this industry, but I really want to become a developer. How do I do that? You all want to be developers. Well, guess what? It's actually a really, really awesome career. It maybe is the best career. Being a software developer, being a web designer. And you know who started it all? You know who invented being a web developer, being a software developer? Do you know who invented that? Dev Bootcamp event invented that. You're thinking about, you might want to be a software developer. Check out Dev Bootcamp. It's dev, D-E-V, devbootcamp.com. They made a special URL, devbootcamp.com slash quit to go there and support the show. What they have is an immersive software development program that transforms you as a human being from, from a normal human being into a superhuman being, a card carrying, job ready, full stack web developer, geek nerd. If you're like a normal person and you've got like a good sense of fashion and like you have like you like an outdoorsy person. You like have a dog and you play Frisbee with it and all that stuff. You don't have to do that crap anymore. No. You can be like me and sit in front of a computer in a dark room. Uh, they will teach create, you how. They will teach things. you how to be the next, uh, what's the Facebook dude? Yeah. What's him. his name? The founder of Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. They'll make you the next Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know if they're guaranteeing that. No, I don't. But I think it's more likely that Maybe you will like be. Maybe like Mark Zuckerberg asterisk. You, it's more likely that you will be Mark Zuckerberg if you go to Dev Bootcamp. Oh, yeah. Because if you're just sitting there doing not that, you're not going to become the I've next. Been, I've been teaching myself how to code. I bought a uh, For Dummies book. And uh, <laughs> no. Immerse yourself in this. Learn front end, back end web development, teamwork, leadership skills. This is a rigorous and most importantly, an inclusive environment. They've got loca several locations around the country. They're accepting applications now. Visit devbootcamp.com slash quit to learn more and also just to be honest, to support the show. Shame on you. Thanks very much to them for making the show possible. Shame. But 
Think about that. Think about how useful that would be to just go on that lunch. What do they do on that lunch? It doesn't matter. Why well, don't want to eat where they're eating? Doesn't matter. Why well, want to save money? It's once a week. You can go and get a salad. Get a salad. Be that guy. Girl. I remember one time I did, uh, I was interviewing for an intern. And we went to, what was the name of that sandwich place we don't go anymore? No, the we'll, we no, the one we don't go to anymore. The don't one with a J, something with a J. Oh, it's Jason's in the, Deli, yeah. yeah. No. No one we went, to, we went to Jason's Deli and I said, listen, we'll, uh, let's just do this interview. We'll go over there and we'll eat some lunch. I like to do interviews over lunch. It's because more casual. It makes the person feel, but then you can, you can scrutinize the way they eat. <laughs> just to see? Yeah. Just because, see how their sense of humor is? Yeah. I want to like look at what, what did they order? How do they eat it? If someone's like, oh, I, I'm not really that hungry. That just means they're nervous. So now you know they're a nervous, right? nervous Nelly. If they overeat, then you, you know they're also nervous because they're eating to compensate. Sometimes if I do that, I'm, I'll try and eat really fast and see if they try to keep up. You eat way too fast just in Or general. I'll just eat really slow. Or maybe I won't eat anything. Maybe I'll just nip at the food a little bit, nibble it, and be like, "Yeah, you sure did eat a lot, though. <laughs> oh, Ooh, my gosh. You know, like mess with them a little bit. Catch them, you know, throw them off their guard. One time I was doing an interview and uh, the woman that I was interviewing took, I, I kid you not, she took six hours, <laughs> literally six hours and went up to the salad bar at Jason's Deli. And I, I swear to you, she was scrutinizing every single olive, every, well, she was a right designer, I'm just saying, and she, she wanted it to and be perfect. The salad that she brought out was the most gorgeous salad I've ever seen in my life. I also got like a salad. It looked like a piece of wilted lettuce and, a, you know, a couple carrots sitting on top of it with, with dressing. And the job that she did on this salad was amazing. And it occurred to me that if she was, uh, was going to take that much time to make her salad look good, imagine how good of a job she would do when she's actually like being paid to uh to to create something tells you a lot tells you a whole lot well i promised that we would get to some of these emails so here's one and i really like this one again if you want to send emails to the show five by five tv slash contact i am still on twitter i read twitter occasionally i'm just taking a step back but i'm still there so if you if you need to tweet me you can do that dan this email may end up being too long to read the entire thing on the air, so feel free to paraphrase and edit however you need to, and feel free to use my name, my real name, on the air. Okay, Ben, I will use your real name. <laughs> First, some background. I'm currently employed at a call center for a third-party collection agency. I responded to an internal job posting and accepted a position in our business intelligence department doing reporting. The move was a pay cut from the collection floor and is not a bonus-eligible position. The trade-off is better hours and more stability and job security. In my spare time, at work and at home, I taught myself several computer science fundamentals, programming languages, and frameworks. See, he could have gone to the... Yeah, the exactly. But he taught it to himself. Over the course of six months in my new position, I automated over a thousand hours of menial tasks, wrote a desktop app that was put into production, and saved the company the cost of about a thousand Excel licenses. 
wow. and developed an account notation system that would drastically improve our horrid audit, audit scores. I felt taken advantage of and used by my superiors and made it known that I felt as such. Instead of making my job responsibilities in the title official and providing me with appropriate compensation, I was told I was not allowed to code anymore. My boss and his boss later told me that they felt I was acting, quote, entitled and threw away a great, quote, opportunity. Am I really just being an entitled millennial or was my body of work worth more than the lowest wage allowed in our division by our client? Now, the email continues, but I would like to stop and just address this. And I have two completely opposite opinions on this, and I feel equally strong about both of them. The first one is your your employer absolutely should have recognized the work that you did, which sounds like when you went above and beyond oh, yeah. what was required of you. It sounds also like you saved them a significant amount of time and money. And it sounds like if they were a good employer, they would have recognized this and compensated you in in as in many ways as they could. That could be a pr- promotion. It could be a better title. It could be a raise. It could be a bonus. It could something. be something. And I'm willing to bet that even if they came to you and and said, "Hey, let's come in the office, have a meeting, or let's let's go to to lunch or have dinner or something," and they, they the two bosses had said to you, "Listen, Ben, you you've done something really special here, and we really appreciate it, and we sure wish." We could give you a bump and uh, and a raise and compensate you better, but for political reasons, we can't bring you into this new thing and then promote you right away. Or right. you're or making everyone like else look bad, and we don't want to shed too much light on it. Or we can't afford to give you. We don't. You don't know what's going on in the business. But it sure would have made you feel good to at least get the acknowledgement, I think, and the con- congratulations and the appreciation from the infrastructure from those bosses to do that and they're stupid for not doing it and shame on them for not doing it. Opinion number two. Opinion number two. (laughs) Why would you be so stupid to think that they would pay you more for something that you're already doing? You did this without being asked to do it. It sounds like you taught yourself this stuff and you came in and you gave all that to them and you gave all that to them for free. Silver platter. Why should they pay you more? You've already done it, first of all. Wow, we hired the right person. Yeah, we hired (laughs) the right person. He's in here. We don't need to, you know what? We're uh, kind of selfish with our money and why should we pay him more? Because he's going to do it. In fact, if anything, we're giving this, this dummy the opportunity to sit and make our lives easier and better and we don't have to pay him any more to do it. We'd be stupid to pay him more to do it. And you know what? If he wants to quit, he can quit. We were fine before without him. We'll be fine. You know, right. I think that's how they feel. Yeah. And so then you're sitting there saying, uh, you know, I saved you guys a lot of money. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, I I really think I should. Uh, I was taken advantage of here. You were not taken advantage of. Because you decided to do that stuff. Yeah. I, now, I do understand exactly how he feels. Yes. And, and, and of these two opinions that I have, uh, I, my, my inclination is the one that he should have been acknowledged for this. Yeah. If it was financially feasible for him to get a raise or a bonus for it, he should have received one. Right. And Especially because he saved them money. Yes. Directly. I mean, I don't know the cost of a uh, hundred Excel licenses. A thousand, yeah. Uh, 
Well, it says a hundred. Oh, you said a thousand earlier. So a thousand. Like, yeah. Correction. He saved a thousand hours of menial tasks and a hundred Excel licenses. If I mix oh, that up, then I'm, that then up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how, how much that is worth, but if I'm assuming that that's hundreds, if not thousands, right? I bet, uh, I bet a thank you and uh, a little bonus would have gone a long way for him. Maybe that's not how they work. I have no idea how their, their business works or really much about how collection agencies work, but I can tell you that third party collection agencies are uh this is that is that is a uh a mean business cutthroat yeah and they are concerned about every penny so if you thought here's where you made a mistake ben i know exactly what you're gonna say say it that you should have gone and said i have something that could help you but i'm not gonna give it to you unless i know what i might get in return yeah I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but I think that's a good point. That's what I would do. That's in more a of a negotiation like right. tactic. Like I've thought of some ways. So we don't know what went on behind there. I'm going to guess that he started just doing this stuff. Right. And he said, oh, I can save you some. I, I don't even, maybe Excel he didn't even licenses. tell him. Maybe he just started writing the code and doing the stuff and automating it. Right. And said, look, I built this thing. And they're like, great, good. Thanks for building cool, that. Awesome. I also, they a, may not appreciate it because they don't really understand it. Or they just don't care. Or they just don't care that Excel licenses to them or how they do business. And even if it was cheaper for you to write this thing, now they've got this code in here that they don't necessarily understand. Maybe they don't know how to do it. Like you're saying, Hattie, they don't understand. They don't fully understand the work that you did. My gut feeling, Hattie, says that Ben did not go in there and do as you're doing and say, you know what? I have I have come up with an idea. My I work could is do this worth thing. something. This, this could code it. I don't think he should have said... I'll give it to you if you give me a raise. I think he should have just said, would you like for me to implement this solution? They probably would have said, no, keep doing your job though, the way you're doing it. And he didn't, he didn't want them to say no. So he went ahead and built it anyway. Maybe I'm wrong. This my, that's my gut feeling. Now here's the thing. Here's the issue, Hattie. Let me just speak. Or he made Let me it just for speak. himself. Let me just speak. Yes, he really is an entitled millennial because he does not understand the way the cor- old school corporate world yeah. works. And here's how the old school corporate world works, okay? If you go in and, uh, and, and you expect to get any more than you're currently getting, then you're feeling entitled, aren't you? That's the definition of feeling entitled. You're not rewarded. This is not, I'm not saying this is how it should be or how I feel. I'm telling you how the real world is in the corporate stooge world. You're lucky to have your job. You're lucky that they uh, keep you on. You should be thankful for what you have. And of course, you should put in 100% of what you have and do this because that's what's expected out of you. You're not, in fact, going above and beyond. You're not going above and beyond at all. You should be doing this stuff because it's the right thing to do. You should be doing this stuff because it does make your life easier and it does save us money and those should be your priorities. Why should we reward you for doing what is expected of you? If I hire you, Hattie, to go and wash the dishes in the kitchen and you wash the dishes and you're like, I came up with a way that's going to save us an entire bottle of uh, of dish soap every month. They'd say, good, implement it. Good. And I'd say, you know what? You're not going to be rewarded for that because you simply made everyone's life better and job better. And you should put the needs of us and yourself and the company first. And that's what we hired you to do. And that's what we pay you. There's that great line in Mad Men where um, I forgot everyone's name in Mad Men. Peggy, 
uh, is there talking to <laughs> talking to Don, and oh, yeah. she's talking about how she's really upset. She's not gotten any credit uh, or or name recognition within the company or to the client about this incredibly hard work. And she's even saying at this point, she's like, I I haven't even gotten any thanks for all of my hard work. And he looks at her and he says, that's what the money's for. And I remember seeing both sides of that argument the same way, which is to say. But you can see both sides. I think everyone can. Yeah, she's in there. She's, you know, working impossibly hard. And she's one of the people that probably works harder than some of the other people. For sure, for (laughs) sure. And she had some great ideas and huge contributions, tons of work. And she didn't say thanks for the good job. And really, that's all she wanted. But what Don was saying is. You're getting paid to do this. You you this want to job. work here. This is your job. We should not have to thank you for doing hard work. You were hired to do the hard work. Everyone should be working at the level that you're working. Right. Just because you've risen to it and everyone else hasn't doesn't mean that like this is what we expect for this pay grade or right. whatever. Right. So, yes, you are being an entitled millennial, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. Huh. In reality, if the, if these guys were smart, they would have gone to you and they would have said, wow, you've done a whole lot here and you shouldn't have had to go to them and say that you felt taken advantage of. I hope for you, Ben, I hope you didn't really say that you felt taken advantage of because that's only going to come across as a smug, entitled millennial. If you had gone to them and said, I, I worked up a little spreadsheet. And I just wanted to let you guys know, look, look at, uh, I did the math and guess what? I've I, saved us $15,000. Isn't that awesome? And then I would just sit there and go. And I'd be like, isn't that awesome? And they'd be like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'd be like, yeah, it's awesome. And they'd be like, Wonder that, where that $15,000 right, would go. Like, you know, probably uh, when I'm up for a raise, Keep you this know, in mind. wink. Or peace, is, I'm out of here. Right. And make, make it fun. Make it a joke. Yeah. But you know what? When bonus time comes around, that's when you come back to them and say, hey, man, I saved us 15 grand. I didn't get a bonus. What's up with that? Right. That's when you do it. that puts them in the position of going, that's true. You wait for your one year anniversary. And when they only give you a cost of living increase, when they only give you that 3% or whatever cost of living increase, you can be like, listen, I I have something I wanted to bring up with you. I did a lot of work. and, 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 And to be honest, I know that that's what you expect out of me in the job, but I was able to really save us some money. You've got to, it's all about the presentation of that. And the timing. And if you actually said the words or conveyed the meaning that you felt had taken advantage of, I am not surprised that old school corporate stooge people would have responded negatively to that. Right. If I had, if I had an intern or someone come in here and be like, well, I know you're making those, you know, those new how-to videos for the podcasting stuff. I, I'm the reason why those videos look so good because I did this awesome, you know, I made I made the green screen work, you know. I knew how to do that. I'd be like, yes, and that's what I hired you to do. Right. Was to make, to <laughs> set up the thing for the videos we'll and make the green screen that. work. That's why you're here because you're supposed to be good at that. That you're not going above and beyond what I've asked you to, you know, to, you know, to do. I, Dan, I wonder if you're touching on something um, interesting about the entitled millennials just as a whole, mm. but maybe they they think by going above and beyond that they're going above and beyond when in reality, they're just doing a basic good job. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They think they're doing a triple plus work Mm -hmm. when in reality they should be doing a triple plus work that is equal to just a regular old B. Right. You know? Yeah. So what, I don't know. What do you think about that? You think that's possible? Yes, that is possible. That that's why people are like, oh, well, I just leave right at five and just, you know, did kind of a good job, I guess. Because I did what that's, was expected of me. Right. Bare minimum. Here, here, is a, here is a preview into the world of the employer. If you go into work and you absolutely bust your butt all day long and you come in early and you stay late and you work on the weekends and you put in extra time regardless of what your peers are doing, all of that going what you would consider to be above and beyond, that is just the tip of the iceberg for what your employer has probably done to build that business. You have done, essentially, you have done nothing. You have done an insignificantly small amount of what that employer has been doing for years and years and years if they're the ones who built that business. Right. If your boss is sitting there in her office and she leaves at five, but she built that company, she's earned the right to leave at five because right. she's put in that time for years and years and years at the great expense of her friends, at the great expense of her family, at the great expense of her other personal interests. And now it's her time to rest and your time to bust your hump. Right. <laughs> it's her. called it's called paying your dues. Uh-huh. Put in your time. Now I'm, again I still think this company should have acknowledged and recognized what he did. And if it's financially possible for them to reward him, they should have done it. I but then think again, maybe he asked for it the wrong way. Um, also, but, he's person number three, one, six, oh, five. You know, is. like it's not. And he's in a terrible, terrible industry. Right. You're not. It's not like you work in a 10 person company. And right. you're like, by the way, when we moved into our new space, I was in my past life, a professional painter and i did a mural and you know like you weren't a part of their team you're just a person to them how do you recently received a raise in I your yeah, annual salary yeah you certainly have earned that well thank you i try and uh i expect you to buy me lunch from now on okay okay <laughs> but you earned it i mean you absolutely earned it and that's, that's the, the other thing is earning things right like you put in your work. time you put in the time you put in the hard work and an employer's obligation to their employees is to reward for that hard work. But you didn't ever say that you felt entitled to it. You didn't ever imply that this really cool spreadsheet thing for the sponsor stuff that you've been working on, that's not above and beyond. You did well, what you need to do to make us a better company. Also, I'm not doing that in order to get you to pay me more. That's right. not at the core of it. That's. Maybe that's I, how I it came it. across when Benjamin uh, Maybe. asked for the thing. Maybe it came it. across that he was like, I did this so I get more money. Maybe See, right. maybe their response is like, yeah, that's what you think. Right. To me, it's like. You should have kept quiet. In order for me to do my job, I have to make this spreadsheet for myself so that I can do better, <laughs> you know, right. so that I can think clearly. He saved himself a thousand hours of menial tasks. Well, good for you. Glad right. you saved yourself a thousand hours of menial tasks. That's I don't called care. being a more productive employee. Right. <laughs> anyway. So Good the job an- for doing those things. The answer is, the answer is, yes, he is uh, an entitled millennial. And yes, he probably deserved a bonus or a raise or yes. something for doing that. But because you're, you've chosen a horrible. <laughs> a horrible industry to be in. Shame on you. Uh, he has more. Benjamin has more. The email continues. Benjamin's busy. As my second job, 
I am a pizza delivery driver. Due to what I believe is relatively new legislation, I'm paid minimum wage while in store and $4 an hour plus mileage while on the road. Okay. On a bad night, this could average out to minimum wage or less after tips, depending. Okay. So basically what that means is on a crappy night, he could make less than minimum wage. So it sounds like he's got two crappy employers <laughs> yeah, and two crummy jobs. I remember, you know, there's nights you want to work. And, and the, if you're working Friday you and Saturday night, Friday, Saturday and Sunday night, of course, sometimes Monday nights too, because no one wants to cook on Monday. But eventually, like I was able to work every things. night a few times. And once again, this has to do with observation. Title should be observation. That's our title for it. By observing, by going to work, you know what? I'm going to work not seven days a week, but I'm going to make sure that I work all seven days in a week several times. And I'm going to note how much I made in tips on those nights and how busy we were on those days. And do that for like a month. You do that for a month. You work all those days. You come back and say, you know what? For this pizza shop in the, in this area, the, the best days to work are Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And Saturdays afternoons or whatever it is that you figure out is the right days to work. Then you request those, your boss say, listen, I, these I really are the days want. I really need to work. These are the days I want. And they'll say, oh yeah, okay. Because they probably don't even know what days are busy. No, they don't even, they kind of have a feeling, but they don't have, they don't know. And I'm like, well, you know, Richard works uh, Saturday nights. Richard and Tommy are both there. And uh, one of them's going to not have to work in order for you to be able to work because that's their nights. Suddenly that means they Tommy figured breaks it out. his leg. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> be a shame if something happened to the, the brake system on his car. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things, but where, you know, they may have figured that out, but you know, you can be next in line for those days or you can trade days. You can work, but that's the thing about observing is you get to learn so much. And there's so many people who worked at the pizza shop who never spent any time figuring they just worked when they were assigned to work. Hey, Bill, you want to work Tuesday? Yeah, okay, I'll, work Tuesday. I'll work Tuesday. It's fine. I would never work Tuesday. <laughs> now, he still has more. He has another job? Yeah. Finally, my dilemma. No, he doesn't have another job, but oh, he wants another like, job. like, oh, my God. And spend all day just doing his thing. My wife and I recently bought a house. She's finishing a program in aesthetics. In the next few, I don't even know what that is. Aesthetics. I think that's like. The next few months we'll be rejoining the workforce. I'm trying to break into a job in technology and have researched and discussed with my wife two different paths. The first is a program with online coding bootcamp block with a guarantee of a software engineering job paying at least 60K a year or your tuition back. I already. <sighs> the second is applying for an apprenticeship through the nonprofit organization Launch Code. Both options uh, will uh, both options will require a significant amount in savings to pay for either tuition or for me to live in another city for a short time during the apprenticeship, and will likely have to relocate in the end. I'm struggling to decide which course of action would be wisest. And he even gives me links and wants me to review the different tracks and different things like that. And he says, uh, my my fear with the launch code apprenticeship is that I would struggle to advance beyond a junior developer position. While the block program would involve a much larger time investment and cost me, and he says how much it would cost over several years. Finally, regardless of what course of action I take, we'll have to sell our house and relocate, which will be costly. Oh my gosh, Ben. First of all, this Ben, I want you like to- This sounds like a nightmare to, to quote like Hattie Cook. 
take a deep breath. Slow down just a little bit. Dan, what do you think? I mean, this is just, it's crazy. I understand the desire to make these changes, but when I, when I talk about making changes, whatever those are, here's my, here's my advice. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Unless, unless necessary. You, unless you can't avoid it. In this situation, your wife is returning to the workforce. That's a change. Just do that. Let that set in for a little bit. Make that is change number one. Let her return to the workforce and then you can see how things are going. Does that mean you'll be able to quit your, your uh, pizza delivery job? Maybe that might mean you get some more free time to master those languages that you learned. It, you know, all of these things, all of these things are, are, are big changes. Take them one step at a time. Allow, allow your wife to go back into the workforce and see if she likes it. See if it's something she's going to do well. That means putting your thing on hold. Yeah, it does. That sucks. But put your thing on hold. You can wait another month. You can wait even another 90 days. It might sound like a long time. It's not that long. And see how things go and see how they are and see how they work and see how you feel then. In the meantime, in the meantime, keep writing code. Keep doing software development. Keep getting better at what you do. The fact that you're saying in order to be a software developer, I'd have to relocate. It does. It doesn't sound like you want to relocate. I didn't hear anything in there about you saying you wanted to relocate. Or I wanted to get out. What or, are yeah. your priorities? If you want to move, then that's fine. But you, you should have not to. have to move. And I don't think that that's a good idea. Don't spend unnecessary money moving when it's not necessary. That's right. The beauty about being a developer is that you can do it from anywhere. That's right. You know, and uh, again, like, I'm not just going to sit here and talk about our, our sponsor over and over again, but they're a great sponsor, Dev Bootcamp. And their locations, they've got San Francisco, New York, Chicago, San Diego, Seattle, and Austin. And you spend nine, 19 weeks total, nine weeks remote, part-time. You could be doing that when your wife goes back to school and you quit that, you the pizza job. Then you do nine weeks on-site full-time. And that's a lot of time. Can you, do you want to be away that long? How would you want to do it? But if your wife's starting a new job, why do you want to make her relocate right away? You think you're going to get some, I, and anything that, that comes with some kind of guarantee or your money back? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. Something inside my tummy your gut? says no, no. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't, I don't think you can guarantee someone will get a $60,000 job or your money back. Like it just seems. Yeah, weird to me. And well, you know, you can do it because you then everyone would do that. And, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I want you to learn, but I don't think that's the right way. I can't spend any more time on your email, but I, I just something weird about that. Write me back at some point. Let me know what you do. Just I don't know. Let me tell you about our last sponsor. You know, we've been talking about being a software developer and writing code, learning to be a software developer. There's a great place to do that. I remember back in, in the old days when I was first learning to code, it was so much fun to get that application that I had built that we used to call it a program, put my program out there and build a website and show it to people. And there is an amazing place to do that still today. It's Linode, L-I-N-O-D-E, Linode. In fact, they've made a special URL too. Had a good work on consolidating all the codes. They're all slash quit. Everything is slash quit now. Yep, I'm working on it. 
Linode, L-I-N-O-D, linode.com slash quit. Linode is an amazing, amazing host. They specialize in, in VPSs, virtual private servers. That means you get your own server that you can customize. How much RAM you want, how fast you want it to be, how much CPU, all of that stuff, totally customizable. They've got eight data centers and plans start at just eight, 10 bucks a month. Isn't that crazy? You get a server running in under 60 seconds. From I, I think I want a server to here's your server root access under a minute. They've got hourly billing. They've got tons of add-ons. You can have backups, node balancers, long view, you name it. And they recently upgraded all their stuff. They've got a over 300% performance increase. So if you used them before and you're thinking about coming back or you've used some other services and you thought they weren't VPSs weren't fast, <laughs> try these guys out. Full root access. It's the best stuff. I mean, you can do whatever you want there. Host websites, run your own Git server, place to keep your files, place to learn to code. Beautiful place to launch your app. Linode.com slash quit. Use the code quit20, quit20 for $20 credit on your account. Thanks to me and thanks to them for supporting the show. Mm. I got a little follow-up. One more email, a little follow-up. A little bit. From Lucas. Lucas with the lid off. Gritty people, he says. Gritty, uh, gritty grit, people. Grit. So after listening to the latest episode of Quit, Regular Day at the Office, I noticed you glossed over the purpose of Iceland Girl's point of the article. Now, this is, if you didn't listen to that episode, this is the Icelandic girl. Oh, yes. Uh, who, two episodes ago? I think so. Who's living in uh, New York. And she disguised herself. She's a, journalist. A, a, she's a journalist who disguised herself as a worked with a local company that does these delivery fulfillment services for local restaurants. And she went out to the, the restaurant and uh, did some food deliveries. And it happened to be on it just the, happened to be on the day there was a huge, you know, New York blizzard, you know, New York blizzard that snowed everybody in. And and uh, and and so that's that's the story. And uh, the Lucas with the lid off continues and says. Notice the people that she delivered to were described as rich and affluent. And he says, he continues, it was a one percenter hit piece. Just my perspective. I agree. I, you know, I, I think he's right. I think Lucas with the lid off. I think she just wanted to attack that. Just wanted to attack them. Because she didn't include anybody else. She didn't just make two deliveries. Exactly. Lucas uh, with the lid off continues. When did tipping increase from 10% for average service and 15% for incredible service and become 20% standard? Sometimes I don't feel a tip is appropriate, especially if I walk up to a cash register. I don't tip at McDonald's and I won't tip at a fast food style high-end restaurant. My example is Ruggles Green in Houston. You look at the menu and order at the cashier and the busser brings you the food. This is fast food, no matter how expensive the price. Thanks. Lucas with the lid off. Um, you know, he, he has a really good point. We talked yeah. about tipping. And ever since we did that show, I've thought about tipping and how much I tip yeah. and when I tip. Have you changed your tipping policies? Are you still tipping $3 no, for a $1 cup of coffee? I think I got $7 you get worth recently? of coffee and I put $2 tip down. $2 tip? I know, a dollar per coffee. What's wrong with me? I think a dollar tip would be would be sufficient, but 
certainly those people will remember you. Now, when when you go back when into I'm, the coffee when shop, when I'm poor and have hey, no it's money, Eddie, it's Eddie. and I'm the one rattling the uh, uh-huh. the the mug, the empty mug with coins in it. <laughs> No one don't. would give me a $2 tip. No, no one gives anyone uh, $2 tips. I've never worked for tips before. The last thing that last thing that I will want to talk about is meditation. Because I get a number of emails about this, so I just want to point some people in a direction. I think meditation is a wonderful thing. It's changed my life considerably. Uh, a listener named Joseph says, I consider myself a sort of Buddhist in training, but have found it somewhat hard to know where to find good, reliable resources on the topic. Are there any books or other media you would recommend in place of something like Headspace? Headspace is an app. Yes. That. I tried Headspace. It was. Purportedly helps you meditate. It was all right. The Buddha didn't need an app, Patty, and neither do our listeners. I think people have problems with sticking to a schedule on. It's very difficult to do. But all you need is a timer, and there are lots of free little Zen timer apps out there. Uh, He says, I'd also like to say that meditating and being mindful has changed my life for the better, and it's nearly 100% through listening to your back-to-work program that I was first introduced to it. So thank you. Uh, So thank you for listening, Joseph. I have put into our show notes for this show uh, a number of links to articles that I have written about meditation uh, and mindfulness meditation and what gear you may or may not need to begin. You can find those links by going to 5by5.tv slash quit slash 86. And uh, hopefully you will take a few minutes and read those articles. They might help you if you're interested in taking up a meditation practice. I wrote them, gosh, this one was back in 2009. The, that's when I wrote these, but they're still still good and relevant. None of the information has really changed. The URLs in them are still up to date. So please go check those out if that's something that interests you. Hattie is on Twitter at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. Yep. I'm still on Twitter at Dan Benjamin. I'm not uh, doing a whole lot there. So if you really want to tell me something important. Tweet me and then I'll read it to Dan. No, just email me. <laughs> go to 5by5.tv slash contact. And uh, please do consider rating the show if you like the show. It will help the audience grow. You can do that best on on iTunes. You can recommend it in Overcast, whatever you want to do. And uh, last but not least, if these sponsors are just not interesting to you or you fast-forwarded through them, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash 5x5 and donate whatever you feel is uh, is worth it. That link will be in the show notes too. You, you want to give us a buck? You want to give us five bucks a month? You want to give us a dollar per episode? Whatever it is. It's different than tipping. You can go there and, and you can give us... Uh, Give us whatever you feel is fair. And we'd really appreciate it. Thanks very much for doing that. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.